Chapter 19 of Geographical Reader Europe by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Chapter 19 Travels in Norway and Sweden. We have left our steamer at Trondhjem and are going through Norway to Christiania by rail. The distance is less than 400 miles, but we spend several days on the journey, for we wish to study the country we leave the train frequently and ride in carrioles from one town to another the carrioles are little carts not unlike our american sulkies save that each carriole has a seat behind for the boy or girl whom the owner sends along to bring it back home our carrioles are drawn by norwegian ponies they are stocky little cream-coloured beasts with long tails and short manes they are so patient and gentle that we fall in love with them and wish we could send them home to america they go very fast and will travel all day without tiring sometimes one goes too fast for our comfort we pull on the reins and cry whoa but the pony goes faster than ever at last in despair we look back at the little boy riding behind he laughs and then makes a noise like the loud purring of a cat saying purr the pony stops instantly and we thus learn that purr means woe in norway much of our travel is through the forests for which norway and sweden are noted scandinavia has long been one of the chief lumber regions of europe in the northern part of the peninsula there are vast tracts of pine and fir and in the south many beeches elms and other hardwood trees about the best shipping timber used in england and on the continent comes from scandinavia sweden sometimes exporting as much as twenty five million dollars worth of lumber a year a great deal is shipped as logs some as window sashes and doors much as boards and not a little split up into matches swedish matches light the fires of a great part of the world so many are sold every year that if they were all loaded into two horse wagons at a ton to the wagon it would take a line of teams more than a hundred miles long to carry them all let us stop our carrioles and think for a moment of the possible future of this forest we are now passing through there is a great pine which has been marked for cutting within a short time it will start on its travels to holland to serve as a pile to support one of the great buildings of amsterdam or rotterdam that tall tree beside it may form the mast of a german steamship which will carry goods to south africa or china and those others nearby may be cut up into posts of from three to nine feet in length to prop up the roofs of the tunnels in the coal mines of england farther on are some which may be ground into pulp to make printing paper and they may again come before us in the newspapers which a little later we shall read at our breakfasts in vienna or rome so musing we go on through the woods and come out into cleared lands where men women and children are cutting hay and curing it for winter how different it is from the harvest scenes of our great western farms there are no mowing machines nor iron rakes drawn by horses there are no hay wagons such as we use the men are cutting the grass with scythes and the women are raking it together and carrying it in their arms to those racks of wood or wire at the sides of the field where they tie it up in bundles and hang it out to dry in the sun and the wind just as we dry our washing it is so rainy that the people dare not let the hay lay on the ground after it is cured it is carried off to the barns by ponies 
in little wagons not much bigger than baby cribs which move along on small wooden wheels on some farms the hay is packed in baskets and carried home by the women on their backs and on others where the fields are high up they tie the hay into bundles and slide it down on wire ropes to the barns sometimes buckets of milk are sent down from the hills in this way the farms are so small and so rough that the people could not possibly use our heavy farming machinery we stop at one of the farmhouses for lunch and are told we can have bread and milk fresh eggs and salmon the farmer's daughter first brings in the bread it is of the kind known as flat brod, which is used all over norway it is made of rye meal and water in thin cakes twice as big around as a dinner plate and so hard and crisp that we break it like crackers the fish and eggs follow they are well cooked and delicious we have excellent butter and very good cheese and as we go on with our journey we find that the norwegians live very well they have but little meat in many parts of the country but we can always get eggs and fish and in the north we often have venison and reindeer steaks and roasts with reindeer hash next day the country people live plainly in all parts of scandinavia the houses are small seldom containing more than two or three rooms although one farmer may sometimes have several houses for himself and servants everyone works we see women knitting away in the hay fields while resting and in the evening find them spinning inside the houses the women and girls make all the clothes of the family they weave the cloth and cut out the garments and sew them in some parts of scandinavia they make beautiful lace the people of one town will often follow only one pattern stitching the same pattern over and over again from one generation to another the men manufacture the most of their farming tools and not a few make the harness for their ponies the people are well educated children are compelled to attend school and nearly every one can read and write our train is now coming in to christiania the capital of norway and the second largest city in the scandinavian peninsula we take a carriage at the station and drive to our hotel where we leave our baggage and then drive on through the city christiania is about as big as st paul and quite as beautiful its wide streets are well paved and lined with large buildings of stone there are many fine residences and public squares and parks the people must be fond of flowers for nearly every window has a row of plants in it christiania is situated on a wide deep fjord and large ocean steamers can sail up into the town we visit the wharves and find there a steamer about starting out for gothenburg sweden and as we wish to cross sweden by the celebrated gotha canal which connects gothenburg with the baltic we take passage the ride is a short one and we are soon again upon land gothenburg is the chief city on the west coast of sweden it was once famous as a fishing place and it is now important as the western terminus of the gotha canal we walk through its long wide streets bordered by canals walled with stone and crossed with bridges of iron the city reminds us of the dutch towns and we enjoy its quaint old houses of brick its beautiful parks and its canal streets filled with shipping we go out to the shipbuilding yards and also visit the factories where they are weaving linen and cotton cloth and making all kinds of machinery paper matches tobacco and sugar it is early morning when we start on our journey up the gotha river and on into the canal we steam around the high falls of trollhatten 
into lake vainern the canal is about three hundred miles long but it is so largely made up of lakes and rivers that it has only fifty miles of excavated waterways our boat is carried up past the falls by means of eleven great locks and after crossing the lake we again rise by other locks until we are three hundred feet above sea level on the highest point between lake vernern and lake vetern from the point we begin to descend we fall from one level to another by means of locks till at last we sail out into the baltic sea and a few hours later are steaming into the capital of sweden stockholm is a beautiful city it lies on both sides of a channel which connects the baltic sea with lake malar we coast in and out among islands as we come in and if we should go through into the lake beyond we should find other islands almost as many as the thousand islands in the st lawrence above montreal stockholm is cut up by waterways it has bridges connecting its islands and its waterways are so many and so beautiful that it has been called the venice of the north everywhere we look we see boats moving about there are many ships at the quays the vast buildings rise above up from the sea so that the city looks as though it were built on the waves we leave the ship and walk through the city the streets are wide and well paved and we cross at least two bridges every half mile the buildings are large and there are many five-story structures with dormer windows stretching their heads out of the steep slanting roofs as though asking what the weather might be there are many statues for the swedes are noted as sculptors and are fond of the fine arts we see children everywhere going to school the swedes are as well educated as any people of europe and there are very few of them who cannot read and write they are energetic and so thrifty that when they emigrate to the united states as many of them do every year they soon become good american citizens it is difficult to find stronger more thrifty and more intelligent people than those of norway and sweden centuries ago when they were known as the norsemen they were noted for their bravery on sea and on land their war vessels sailed many seas and they made themselves feared in their wars with the other peoples of northern europe now they have proved themselves equally great in the arts of peace continuing with our walk we pass parks and public gardens at frequent intervals there are cafes in the gardens and the family parties sitting about the tables under the trees in front of them remind us of the boulevards of paris notice the people we pass on the streets what fair faces they have and what very blue eyes scandinavia is the land of the blue eye and the tow head there is a girl from the country we have seen some dressed much like her in interior norway she wears a cap which comes down over her ears rising in a peak at the front her short black skirt is of homespun and her white waist has very full sleeves she has on a long apron of red and blue stripes and about her neck is a bright colored handkerchief there is a little girl clad the same way we shall see many dresses like those out in the country although most of the city people dress as we do but what is that huge building over there on the edge of the harbor i mean the one with the wide terrace looking out over the water that is the palace of the king of sweden it contains eight hundred rooms and is one of the fine buildings of europe the two countries of the scandinavian peninsula were ruled by one king for many years 
although each elected its own parliament which made all the laws for its people this union between norway and sweden existed for nearly one hundred years but in nineteen hundred five norway separated from sweden and established an entirely independent kingdom both countries are constitutional monarchies and their parliaments are known as the storthing in norway and the diet in sweden it is provided by law that the kings of these countries must be of the lutheran faith for this is the established church of both norway and sweden soon we leave stockholm for a trip out into the country we visit some of the great factories for which sweden is noted we go down into the iron and copper mines and travel through many farming districts not unlike those of norway the farms are exceedingly small some are not much bigger than a village lot and some are so long and so narrow that you could hardly turn a dray about in them sweden has many thousands of such little farms according to law when a man dies his land must be divided evenly among his children so his farm is cut up into strips and one strip is given to each child many of the strips are so small that there are no houses upon them one man often owns a score of these little farms you would not think that people could make much out of land so divided but the swedes are thrifty and they do very well their climate is so damp that grass grows luxuriantly and they are such good dairymen that their butter and cheese sell well in all parts of northern europe we see quite as many women and children at work in the fields as in norway the women look odd with their sharp pointed caps short skirts and bright aprons there comes one now with a baby slung to her back the little one is wrapped up in a cloth the ends of which are tied over the mother's breast how can the woman possibly work with such a big load on her back her baby will surely fall off if she stoops down and tries to tie the grass into sheaves as the other women are doing yes that is so and she knows it for as you see she has unslung the baby and tied the two ends of the cloth in which it is wrapped to the branch of that tree so that the little one swings to and fro in the breeze while the mother works the swedes are fond of their children the usual cradle is a box with cords tied to its corners and brought together above the centre so that it can be hung to a hook from one of the rafters a slight push sends the box swinging and with the motion the little one drops off to sleep End of chapter 19